This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 21st, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The United States has made some pretty unsavory deals with some pretty awful regimes, often with few benefits for U.S. security. That's the message of the new Cato book, Perilous Partners, by Ted Galen Carpenter and Malou Innocent. I spoke with Carpenter about the book yesterday. Now, the book looks at the basic dilemma that uh, the United States as a democratic country faces in defending its security interests and deciding when it is necessary to make alliances with authoritarian regimes, with friendly dictators. And what we've concluded is that there are occasions when such compromises may be necessary, but U.S. leaders have been far too casual about that that we have made common cause, close alliances with sometimes odious regimes when only marginal U.S. interests were at stake, and that we then betrayed fundamental American values in doing that. And where were American values least at stake when we chose a most odious partner? I would say the worst case was the U.S. relationship with Joseph Mobutu, Mobutu Sese Seko, the dictator of Zaire, now the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The United States had uh, minimal interests at stake in sub-Saharan Africa, yet we saw the developments in that region entirely through the prism of the Cold War rivalry with the Soviet Union. So we ended up supporting Mobutu for better than three decades while he brutalized uh, political opponents and looted the country to the tune of billions of dollars. So we helped impoverish an already poor country and help fasten a brutal, corrupt dictatorship on the population of that country. What was the upside for the United States? The upside for the United States supposedly was to prevent Soviet penetration of that portion of Africa. And the reality was Soviet presence was never all that strong, that what you had there, as in many other areas of the world, were nationalist movements, often left-leaning, but still not puppets of the Soviet Union. What was the United States' involvement in Zaire, now Congo, before Mobutu? We helped overthrow the first uh, democratically elected leader of that country, uh, Patrice Lumumba. And then we worked with Mobutu as the leader of the military of that country to uh, try to create a government that was friendly to U.S. foreign policy. And when Mobutu uh, finally decided to take supreme power in a military coup in the mid-1960s, We then backed him with uh, lavish amounts of uh, aid, uh, both economic and military, and uh, praised him as a a noble ally of the United States and a member of the free world, meaning, of course, the non-communist world. What was our experience in Vietnam? In Vietnam, that was a classic case of seeing a nationalist anti-colonial movement entirely through the prism of the Cold War rivalry with the Soviet Union. So we interpreted a nationalist movement with a communist overlay, uh, the Viet Minh, and uh, communist North Vietnam 
as nothing more than a puppet of the Soviet Union or alternatively a puppet of communist China, uh, which anyone who's studied the history of that region knows the last thing in the world that any Vietnamese would want would be control by China. But we saw that complex struggle purely through uh, our Cold War lens. We ended up uh, with a massive war that killed 58,000 Americans and over a million Vietnamese to prevent supposedly Soviet uh, takeover of Southeast Asia. In the end, of course, Vietnam uh, became united under communist rule, and today we are friends with this communist government, um, even creating a de facto alliance with it against China. And you think of uh, the economic agreements that we're creating, very lucrative ones. We could in all likelihood have had that 50 years ago. The Vietnamese government wanted good relations with the United States. We chose to make it a litmus test of Cold War policy. You talk about death tolls in Vietnam for U.S. and, and Vietnamese, but of course, just across the border in Cambodia, the Khmer Rouge uh, rose to power. What was, what was the U.S. role there? Well, Cambodia under Prince Sihanouk had been uh, strictly neutral, but North Vietnam was using some Cambodian territory as a pass-through to get troops into South Vietnam. The U.S. widened the war by bombing Cambodia. That helped destabilize that country, uh, leading to the overthrow of Prince Sihanouk and eventually the rise of the Khmer Rouge, one of the most horrible dictatorships the world has ever known. You know, we've destabilized that region in the, in the 1970s, uh, much as we destabilized Iraq more recently, making that country a playground for Islamic extremists of all types. In Saudi Arabia, they've been friends of the United States for a very, very long time. And, and, but now the Cold War is long over. Uh, why does the United States still have this strong tie? Well, with friends like Saudi Arabia, the United States doesn't need any enemies. Uh, the Saudis have systematically undermined American interests while professing to be an ally and friend of the United States. But the Saudi government has funded the Wahhabi clergy uh, and its outreach program in uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, other countries, promoting virulently anti-Western, anti-U.S. values, in influencing an entire generation of young Muslims against the United States. And this uh, ideology permeates uh, Saudi Arabia itself. It was no accident that 16 of the 19 hijackers on 9-11 were Saudi nationals. And the U.S. government has concealed some 28 pages of the 9-11 report. And the rumors are, and I think well-founded rumors, that those pages implicate members of the Saudi royal family in association with al-Qaeda and its terrorist activities. Saudi Arabia has never been a decent friend of the United States. 
It has been a brutal dictatorship, one of the worst in the world in terms of the treatment of its own people. Plus, it has been a duplicitous uh, so-called ally in the war on terror. There are times when it is absolutely necessary for the United States to have a relationship, a, a working relationship with uh, terrible people. I'm thinking of Joseph Stalin. What? Where's that? Li- where's the line between being uh, maintaining this arm's length relationship that you advocate, but at the same time uh, meeting the mutual interests of the United States and some horrible regime? The most crucial factor is the interests the U.S. has at stake and how severely they're threatened. Obviously, if uh, vital interests are severely threatened, then it's necessary to make common cause even with particularly odious governments. Both Great Britain and the United States did that in World War II with Joseph Stalin, one of the great butchers of the 20th century, because the threat posed by Nazi Germany was considered so dire. But American officials in recent decades have crawled into bed with odious rulers when there have been far milder interests at stake and interests that were not that severely threatened. They, in other words, have been far too casual about compromising American values. Ted Carpenter is co-author of the new Cato book, Perilous Partners. You can get your copy and watch an event for the book at Cato.org.